0: Hello and good afternoon and welcome to a new entry in the Morning Star Journal with me, Tariq. And I want to thank everyone who's listening as well as I hope that who's listening has had a pretty good week. I know that um, right now there's a lot of turmoil going on, especially with the current partial shutdown going on and season because I personally got my w2s recently so I definitely know that that's uh, gonna impact um, very soon and a lot of other people have been impacted for as long as it's been going on a lot of people out of work but um, I hope that you've had you know everyone's listenings had a pretty good week and hopefully I can you know give you a few moments to take your mind off things, maybe give you a few things to, um, you know, put your mind at ease or just relax for at least one day. So today I am going to actually talk about um, some forgotten treasures of 2018. Uh, So this is going to be about some movies that came out uh, this past year in 2018 that maybe some people either forgot or, you know, didn't, you know, a lot of people didn't watch. So these are just movies that I personally saw. So there's quite a few movies that I still hadn't seen that hopefully I'll get to eventually. Um, but I'm only going to talk about the ones I did see and I'm only going to, well, I'm majorly going to be talking about ones that didn't do so great in the box office with the couple of exceptions because I feel like they could have done better. So, um, a few things just want to kind of, um, you know, a few housekeeping things, if you will, before we get started. Um, so I do, I've been looking at my past kind of, uh, previous, uh, entries and I know I've only done video games at least once and that was the Ratchet and Clank series so I'm definitely going to be jumping back into that Uh, there's a few games I do want to talk about and again these are going to be games that I personally have played and enjoyed um, to a lot of different degrees now one of them might be a little bit more recent because I'm starting to uh, I've just started playing it I'm actually really enjoying it um, so it might be one that I'll talk about at some point. Um, also I haven't forgot about, uh, my previous, uh, Indiana Jones or the Codex Solaria that I talked about last week. Um, I'll definitely be getting into the, uh, later entries on those. So I just thought that this would be a good idea to kind of, um, space them out and just uh, kind of sprinkle them in every so often to kind of change things up a bit. But if you have any comments or if you want to, you know, give me some suggestions, by all means, you can leave a comment with the video. Also, you can reach me on Twitter at Morningstar Journal, journal spelled J R N L. You can also email me at the Morningstar Journal, all spelled out, at gmail.com. Also, if you're listening on Apple, please leave me a review. Uh, You know, five stars will be appreciated, but I really want to know what I can do to make things better and make things uh, more enjoyable. So, um, and um, also recently, uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, a... a, uh, a podcast I started, uh, I found out about called Stay Tuned. Uh, which, is a gr- uh, which is a group of people that talk about old um, 80s and 90s cartoons. Um, I think they have breached out in the 2000s a little bit. I've been listening to a few episodes now because I found out that a co-worker of mine is actually on it. So this is just a you know quick, she didn't ask me to make a shout out or anything, but I just felt like I wanted to say something about it. So if you ever had a chance, if you want to hear a few folks talk about old things like their recent ones, was about Avatar, the last airbender, uh, at least the first uh, season. And I believe they're going to be talking about the old Beetlejuice cartoon soon. So uh, it's called Stay Tuned. So, uh, and tuned is spelled T O O N E D. So, with that being said, and after that, a uh, wonderful intro of uh, Seven Nation Army, played by yours truly, which I still need a little bit of practice. Um, let's get into it. So, um, and I'm starting off, I just kind of uh, checked out all the movies that came out last year, just kind of went straight down from when they came out, and just uh, just kind of marked off the ones that I actually saw. And a lot of these i want to do from memory, so I won't be reading any uh, um, excerpts or anything like that from them. So first off is Proud Mary, which, uh, came out earlier in 2000. So I'm going to start from early. Uh, so just let you know, we'll start from early January and kind of just go down to December. So the first one is Proud Mary. This one, uh, starred Taraji P. Henson as a, uh, hit woman and, uh, actually has, Danny Glover, I believe, as the uh, mob boss. Um, This one was really cool, and I liked it. um, Because, now, a lot of people know Taraji P. Henson mainly from Empire. And she's got a new movie coming out soon called What a Man Man Thinks, I think. And usually, um, I think most people... When I think of her, she's usually either in the Empire cookie role or um, what a man thinks is that kind of um, drama comedy role because she's got a couple of things like uh, there was the Steve Harvey, I think. Think Like a Man, I think, and um, she's been in a couple of Todd Perry uh, movies, and she's got a lot of different... She's got a really diverse um, kind of filmography, but I always remember her from Persons of Interest as Detective Carter, and I really liked her in that role as a detective, so this almost plays into that a little bit more where she's this kind of hit woman and um, to kind of give the long story short of the film itself proud Mary is that she's this hit woman and she had to take out um, she had to take out this guy but it turns out that he had a son who was there but he the son didn't see what was happening so she ends up leaving makes sure his son didn't see her And she just tries to watch over him for the next um, couple of years. And then basically what happens, like many movies, their worlds do collide. When her boss finds out that uh, the son was a survivor of this hit, he then uses it as leverage against her. And that doesn't go well for anybody. It's really cool. And of course... Um, the uh, Proud Mary song is sung uh, at the very end in this like long montage action set piece where she just goes off on everybody I thought it was a really cool movie even though a lot of people didn't care for it didn't do too well at the box office but it's a really fun movie if you ever want to watch something like that uh next up was Den of Thieves, which I thought had a lot of promise. Um that one was with Gerard Butler and a whole lot of people that you'll say, Oh, I know you from this, and I don't remember your name off the top of my head. But it does have um, I think it's I don't know his name, but I think it's Ice Cube Son. Because he played, because um, he played Ice Cube and Straight Outta Compton, so he's in this too. So basically, Den of Thieves is kind of a movie about cops and robbers. So you have these group of bank robbers who are planning this like major heist somewhere. Uh, they hit a armored truck and then you kind of see their lives and stuff. And as they're kind of building up a few things and you also have uh Dr. Butler who plays this kind of um, like drunken washed up cop and his group of cops, which they like, they're kind of like the, the bad boys cop, like not saying bad boys, Will Smith and Lawrence, but just, you know, these bad boy cops, they can, you know, do whatever they want. They can, you know, break the law. if They feel like it because they handle like major, I think they're like major crimes or something like that. So Den of Thieves is about these two kind of hard groups, Um, you know, find out each other. And it does have a pretty cool um, action sequence, near the end where you find out more about, like, the robbery and then as it goes down. And then there's also a little bit of a twist uh, near the end of, you know, um, of where they're actually rob- not only where they're actually robbing, but who actually gets away and who's actually behind it all. And I thought that was really done pretty well. So, Den of is another good one I thought was pretty good, didn't get a lot of love. Um, Annihilation. Is the next one. That one is with uh, Natalie Portman, Tessa uh, Thompson's in it, as well as, I wanna say, Gina Rodriguez, maybe. I'm gonna take a limb. I'm actually not gonna look, I'm gonna try not to look up this time so we can, uh, to kind to go over. But yeah, so I mean, it's got um, a pretty uh, stellar cast. And it is this twisted like sci-fi uh, types one where um uh, was it uh I think uh Oscar Isaac's you know what I take that back I am gonna look this up uh because I feel like I need to at least be correct on some of these actors but basically it's this uh, sci-fi film of this um kind of and this um event or this ending that lands uh on earth and creates this weird barrier and inside the barrier it's affecting pretty much everything inside of it all uh plant life animal life the people who are still in there and as this group actually goes in um it starts affecting each one of them as they uh trying to discover what's going on And it's really amazing, twisted. It's got like amazing uh visuals. It's not an action heavy movie, which you know, hey, you know, not everything has to be, but it's um it's really good, kinda delves into a lot of different um psychologies and everything. And like I said, it was it was pretty fun. Um, let's see. So it was Natalie Portman, Jennifer, uh, Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, and yes, Gina Rodriguez. And yes, Oscar Isaac, uh, is also and then for a little bit and also with, um, Benedict Wong. So quite a 10 other cast. Now I know it's from a book and I've never read the book. So I have no idea how it kind of matches or goes up to the book, but, um, but I thought it was a really good, you know, Annihilation. And um, also just to go back, a lot of these movies are available in multiple avenues, um, whether it be um, on Amazon Prime, Netflix, you can get them on DVD, um, Hulu, if you're so inclined to find videos. By other means, not going to judge, but hey, you do what you got to do, but you can find a lot of these movies everywhere because they have been, like I said, a lot of these, they started out in the beginning of 2018 or the very least, I'm just going to go to December. So a lot of these are out with the exception of like the last couple. Uh, so, and these, and if you're, if you're noticing, these are just real quick reviews. I'm just kind of going like really kind of, uh, basic with them. not going into too, uh, depth in it. Like I do a lot of these other, like a lot of other movies I go to, but I just want to give you these hidden gems that were really good that maybe just, you know, went under your radar. I was like, oh, you know, I thought about seeing it and I'm kind of recommending, yeah, you should go see it. I think they're a lot of fun. Uh, next one is going to be... Uh eh, I'll put this one up. It wasn't too bad. It was it was better than I expected, but I wanted it a little bit more action, and it's Red Sparrow. So Red Sparrow is the kind of spy um a little bit of a spy thriller uh drama with um Jeez, I am doing terrible today. You know, it helps if you do more uh research before you jump into a podcast. So something for other podcasters to realize, definitely do some research before you just start airing it. But um, Jennifer Lawrence, I can't believe I forgot her, but Jennifer Lawrence, and she plays this um, uh, ballet dancer who is recruited, um, by, I believe like the KGB or Russian spy network to be an agent. So she's, um, brought on and she's taught like a lot of, um, techniques and, you know, ways to manipulate people. And, um, to uh, understand what they want and to kind of give them what they want, but at the same time manipulate them to put them in positions that you want. And it's very covert. I think when it first came out, a lot of people were comparing it to, um, you know, the character of black widow from the um, Avengers, because um, if you watch age of Ultron, especially they kind of hint to a, a similar background as far as, um, you know, where the Black Widow character came from to how they were doing this Red Sparrow. Also, Black Widow, Red Sparrow, it sounds like. They're just taking the same idea. And also, there's a character who's the matron, who's, like, the head of the spy network who uh, has to kind of teach uh, General Lawrence these different techniques and kind of like the headmistress there. And I'm doing a quick search... Just to make sure, and this is also one of those, like... You know, they could have gotten somebody else to do this role. Because, if I'm not mistaken, it doesn't show on here. But I'm at least... I'm at least 95% sure that there's a scene in um, Avengers Winter Soldier... I'm sorry, Avengers <laughs> Winter Soldier, funny. Avengers Age of Ultron, when they're showing her past... And there's a woman that looks just like the woman they use in Red Sparrow. So it was kind of one of those things like, were you really just making a Black Widow movie and didn't tell anybody? But no, it doesn't have the action you would expect from that. And and I did expect, not not to compare it to that, but I did expect a little bit more action, but it wasn't. And But if you take it as that, like as this kind of spiral of seeing uh, Jennifer Morris' character, uh, Don... Uh, Dominica kind of transforming from um, more or less this, you know, um, not saying innocent, but at least more naive ballerina into this um, covert spy. It's not too bad of a movie. Uh, next one we'll talk about is Tomb Raider. So this was the reboot to the, of course, the um, Angelina Jolie had first done um, when it, when this um, series first came out on theaters, and then um, Alicia Vikander took up the role. And this is kind of like the Tomb Raider began or Batman begins in the sense of Tomb Raider. Cause we get the, you know, kind of intro to our character when she's, uh, just finding out about, um, she learns that they're kind of pushing for her father's disappeared for, um, so long that they're really pushing that he's, you know, she, he's dead and they want her to sign these papers, but she stumbles across, across a, um, uh was it these um this uh artifact and she stumbled across his a old uh hidden kind of office that tells about a story that kind of his last mission um that he was in search of this artifact um near China and off of this kind of like chinese legend or um uh this uh, old Chinese legend, basically, of this hidden area and this um, hidden uh, priestess, I believe. It's not bad. It's um, It's got pretty decent action in it. I do like... Um, so, it's got Dominic West. He plays... Uh, the father and he has got Walton Goggins who shows up a lot this year as a villain and uh you might know Walton Goggins from The Shield where he played um I believe his character was Shane and he does a re- he does a really good job as these kind of like villainous characters. I mean he knows the Shield. He shows and he just shows up everywhere. He shows up in another movie that um I'm gonna talk about a little bit later. Um and it's like he was uh i think he's definitely an underrated actor. Um he's been in a lot of different FX. He actually shows up as a pretty funny role of Sons of Anarchy. I won't go into detail on that one, but if you know Sons of Anarchy, you may not realize who he was, but I but I think it's hard to uh miss out who his character was when he shows up. Um But uh, it's also got uh, Daniel Wu, who is an actor on another show that I think I've talked about before called Into the Badlands. If you have a chance to watch Into the Badlands, that's on um, Netflix. Uh, It's got several seasons. Highly recommend that show. But he plays um, kind of like uh, basically uh, Alicia's, Laura Croft's uh, sidekick in a sense. And I thought it was really fun. Um... So, like I said, not too bad, especially for, you know, a video game movie. I've only played the new, because this is more or less based off of the uh, new interpretations of the game that recently came out. And I hadn't, I've only played, like, the beginning part of the first one. I think it was Rise. I think it was, no. Or maybe it was just called Tomb Raider. Not sure. But um, I played that one. And um, I think it says pretty well or, you know, kind of keeps up with very pretty, pretty good so Rise Tomb Raider not too bad or Tomb Raider I should say the movie not too bad um I'll give a brief shout out to Pacific Rim Uprising not the greatest movie but I mean it is impressive how they do the Jaegers like the giant mechs and stuff but and the movie is kind of like a Power Rangers. Uh, I think that's why you... If you replace just specific rib Uprising and call it uh, Power Rangers Uprising, it's pretty much the same movie. Because it's... It, it really is Power Rangers because he... You have John Boyega's character who's the son of it's just Elvis character from the previous movie. And then he finds one girl and then they go to the base and there's just a hodgepodge of young pilots from uh, different parts of the world. I mean, it, it's it, it's basically Power Rangers. I mean, I I, I don't know where, I, I really feel like they just took an old Power Rangers script for like a pilot of a new Power Rangers show. It's like, okay, we'll just use this specific room graphically is pretty cool but you know not too bad next one i want to talk about is rampage now <laughs> oh my goodness you'd think that they can learn to try to do one video game movie decently but i mean how much can you re- how much of a story can you make out of rampage i don't know but they figured out a way and just threw in the rock go wrong with it so i mean the rock plays a rock and if you enjoy watching The Rock be, well, The Rock, as he is in like Jumaji and the um, Fast and the Furious movies, he's basically playing himself. I mean, there's no ifs buts. But I will give you this with, um, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays this kind of cowboy government agent, and he's. Just hilarious as he's just considering the rock, and they go full hog on these uh monsters the you got george who's the uh the is an ape that the rock is and initially is taken care of who gets transformed into like huge like giant ape, and then you've got the uh, My phone ringing, gonna turn that off for just a second. Um, but you've got these uh (laughs) just amazing uh graphics, and they go full out like once it gets to about the halfway mark, and you see all these uh monsters come up, they go full out with the destruction and. I don't think you can ask for more i mean this isn't a ga- this isn't a game that has this deep line story i mean this isn't mass effect or halo or even legend of zelda uh, this is a game that's basically just hey pick a monster destroy buildings don't get killed but eat humans there's not much to it and i think they did the best they could with this one also I think if you, and the way it is it's all like you know you could do a weird cinematic universe of these type of uh, <laughs> um, like <laughs> that aren't doing much but anyway um, next one we'll talk about aka okay, this one actually didn't make some money but didn't make as much and it's kind of a hot button it's Solo a Star Wars story now I didn't hate Solo too much. Now, there is a part that I do have a problem with, and I've talked about it with a friend of mine, and he's like, well, you're just crazy about this. And you know what? Maybe I am. Maybe I am a little bit crazy on this issue. But here's the thing. Okay. I think, you know what? I completely agree with Kylo Ren going to the dark side because if I found out my name is a combination of Ben, which was the, basically, it was Luke's old name for Obi-Wan who couldn't figure out how to say Obi-Wan, basically, if you think about it, because he calls him Old Ben, aka he probably couldn't figure out how to say Obi-Wan as a, as a kid and just said Old Ben. So that's where his first name come up, and your second name was just randomly given to you from an Imperial officer when your dad tried to enlist. No... And and within that movie, it's not like within Solo, he says he never knew his parents. Because he says he has no people when he talks to the Imperial Soldier. But then when he's talking with um, Lando when they're on the Falcon, he says, my dad used to build these uh, YT-13s in the factory. So he has a dad. He has a family. But whatever maybe he was just trying to lay low and because he was running i don't know that being said with that that i would change that part of it just just give him a name just let him have his name solo is actually a pretty good movie it's really fun. Uh, I think Alden Ehrenreich does a really good job. I like the beginning with Woody Harrelson and Thandi Newton and that like small crew when they first get chewy. And I kind of wish the um, a lot more of the movie was just that crew, and then add um, Amelia Clark who comes in and as Kira, as well as um oh my goodness, I am. Uh Donald Glover, Jesus, uh, Donald Glover as Lando. Um, if you would just add, like, if they would have just added them with Danny Newton and uh, I can't remember the guy who plays the uh, alien creature as well, but it would have been nice if they just had that big crew. Um, but, you know, the story is what the story is but it, but all in all I thought it was really cool um, Tussle Run wasn't exactly what I thought it would be again that's just the nature of Star Wars is that a lot of these things that we either heard or read about we have these pictures in our head of what they are you know what they mean but in a sense it just wasn't what uh, the Tussle Run wasn't what I thought it was but it was still cool visually and I thought um, for the most part and the little surprise at the end of who is actually um, you know kind of running who's kind of running things was I thought was kind of a nice reveal and um, would have been nice um, to explore a little bit better you know if they were to clean up the story or made made a little bit of exceptions, it's kind of nice to throw uh, that certain character in even though I was expecting somebody else again thinking of the old um, uh, Star Wars uh, legends as they call it. Uh, There was a character called Prince Seizure, who was head of Black Sun. And I really was, I was really hoping that that's the direction they were going. But because they want to incorporate a lot of the uh, current Star Wars stuff, it makes sense on the choice they would. But I think that would have been a lot, especially with the... um, with the type of organization they were working with, they it would have been really cool to throw in Black Sun. So at the very least, uh, Solo is kind of one of those good movies where hey, if you can make your head cannon, can make the movie even better. Uh, next one I want to talk about is Hotel Artemis. Uh, this one was. Um, we're in the low budget uh, kind of like quick as you can tell it's kind of low budget because they kind of stayed in one city block in a sense and there wasn't a lot of extras but this had a really amazing cast so just a moment while I pulled that up I mean you'd be very surprised on who actually shows up in this movie. And the basis is kind of like, if you've ever watched John Wick and remember the Hotel Continental, it's kind of like that, where it's this um, Hotel Artemis is kind of like this um, criminal's... Uh, hospital in which if you have the if you if you have the insurance with them they will you know treat kind of any type of wound um you have security there you know you're you know you can get fixed up no questions uh so the cast and it's kind of like i said it's a crazy cast because you got jody foster who plays the head nurse um, Sophia Patella, remember her from Kingsman and also, um, Atomic Blonde and Star Trek Beyond. Um, she plays kind of like a, uh, Haitian, uh, Haitian there. Who's there? Uh, Dave Bautista, who is actually a, the, um, orderly there. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, another patient. Jeff Goldblum. Um, another actor named uh, Brian Trey Henry. He's an up-and-coming actor that I've seen in a couple of movies here and there, and I'm hoping there's a lot more, and he shows up in the later movie um, again. Even uh, Zachary Quinto shows up, Charlie Day, a lot of different actors on this one, and it's a pretty fun um, kind of just drama movie, low budget. It's got pretty good action. Dave Bautista showing that he can do just about Anything and I'm really impressed with his career and where it's tracking, and I hope that he does a lot. Like I said, his Drax is just too funny, but um, and things like when he does this in Hotel Artemis, also him in um, was it uh, Blade Runner 20, 2049, even though it's just the beginning, and he makes an imposing uh, just uh, body, uh, not bodyguard, but kind of like henchman when he was in uh, Spectre, so um, and certainly Brown is another one that's done really well, he was actually in Black Panther earlier um, and he's been in a lot of different movies and um, just all in all, um, but Hotel Artemis is a pretty cool just, you know, quick, just um, kind of drama slash action, it's got uh, pretty cool sequences here and there and um, and a little bit of character development when it comes to uh, Jodie Foster because you find out a little bit more about her character and especially Jeff Goldblum who plays this uh, mob boss who uh, is hurt and it's a really cool show so I re- definitely recommend Hotel Artemis um, I was going to talk about Sicario even though <sighs> Sicario 2 uh, Day of the Soledad uh, Soldado sorry Um, it it was okay my problem with Sicario 2 and unfortunately a lot of movies like to do this is it doesn't resolve itself in the end and clearly they wanted to say oh there's going to be a part 3 but it didn't do too well so I don't think we'll ever see a part 3 so I kind of feel it's wasted now that's different Then, okay, Uh, another movie earlier was, as I mentioned before, was Pacific Rim Uprising. So, the kind of spoil is that Pacific Rim Uprising in the end spoils that there's going to be other things coming. But within the movie itself, it does resolve itself. It does resolve the main conflict of the movie. But then it adds a little um extra, you know, uh, something else. As uh, another podcast I listen to, like to say, "The game is on," <laughs> which comes from um if if anyone's ever watched. Uh, Dracula Untold, is at the end of Dracula Untold, it kind of jumps into the present day. So Br- Dracula Untold, uh, kind of side uh, sidetrack here, Dracula Untold takes place in the past with Dracula first coming to be. And then within the movie, whatever, he defeats his enemies and kind of goes in hiding. And then it jumps into the future, aka into the present day. And present day, he sees his uh, his love possibly um, reincarnation because of course they use the same actress, so it's kind of assumed that this may be um her descendant or something like that. But then you also see um I think it's Charles Dance, who was this old uh demon who gave or older vampire who gave Dracula his abilities. And you see him in the very end. He's in a suit. And then he says, like, the game is on. Which, Dracula Untold was supposed to be the first of this long line of uh, universal monster movies. Which did not pan out at all. They tried it again with The Mummy with uh, Tom Cruise. And that still didn't work. But um, at least the... One podcast I listen to, they use that as the as the game is anytime a movie uh, says, like, anytime a movie does that, where they end, but then some character says, like, oh, it's not over yet, or, oh, you haven't seen anything, but the credits roll, and the uh, and the movie doesn't do too well, so we never actually see that, that's usually called the game is on. I kind of like that, so... We, so Sicario does that, but, and, uh, sorry, Pacific Rim does that, but it does end the story, but it has that game is on moment. Sicario does it without actually ending it, so that's what kind of stinks about it. Next up, which is another movie that did good, but I don't feel it gets the love it should, is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, this came out after you had, so in the case of the Marvel movies, you had Black Panther that came out first, which did amazingly well. You had Infinity War, which blew everyone's minds away. And then you had Ant Man the Wasp. Now granted Ant Man the Wasp took a no pun intended, kind of a smaller story to it, more closely knit story. It was almost like um in old school comics, it was like this uh it was kind of like the tie-in where this character isn't part of the major event that's going on, but we did have to ex- we do want to explain at least what's what's happening to him while while this is going on, and that's what Ant Man and the Wasp was. It was a smaller story of what Ant Man was going through, kind of you know while the whole event of um, Infinity War was going on, and then of course in the um, after credit. In the um, direct after credits, we get a direct link of how it ties into Infinity War, which will make uh, the new end game very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, next one we're going to talk about is Skyscraper. This one is another one by The Rock. Um, I think this one was a little bit better because it has a rock. It also has, uh, Nieve Campbell as his wife. And The Rock kind of plays, doesn't play to type as much in this one, in my opinion. Like, he's, um, uh, more or less a, um, ex, uh, Special Forces or I think, um, FBI uh, SWAT or something like that, where he got he gets hurt, so he has this like prosthetic leg, and he's more or less like um, a, sec- a security consultant. But then the uh, skyscraper works at it's kind of Die Hard in a sense. And they, if you ever listen to the um, uh, directors and writers, they explicitly say, "Yeah, we had Die Hard in mind on this." And hey, you know what? If if they want to make that movie, then you know power to them because there's only so many movies that are just like brand new. If you want to make a homage to another movie and you have a, you know, kind of Cool spin on it. Hey, give it a shot. See what happens. But Skyscraper wasn't too bad. I mean, there's there's some over-the-top action. There's things like you can say, oh, well, that wouldn't work. Or, you know, the physics between that. But if you break down the physics of every movie you watch, you're going to be disappointed. Um, so, like I said, Skyscraper, not great, but it's not too bad. Next one is a movie that I really think should have gotten a little bit more uh, more play than it did was Peppermint. Now, Peppermint, Uh, Sir Jennifer Garner, it's basically Punisher. Like, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. Peppermint is the Punisher movie, except for instead of the uh, husband survives a mob hit that kills his wife and child, the mother survives a mob hit that kills her husband and child. And then, um, to make the story quick, basically, um, her husband... Um, was was potentially going to be part of something, but he decided not to to be with his family. The criminals decided, "Oh, we're going to make an example of you anyway." They, um, there's a drive by that ends up killing him, uh, his daughter, and wounds the mother, Jennifer Garner. And then when she goes, uh, when they go to court, and they've caught the um, criminals were in the drive by both her attorney, the defendant attorney and the judge seem all in on it. And they pretty much uh, labor, label her crazy and the criminals are let off. And then, um, she's able to escape custody and she disappears for five years. And then when she comes back, she's in, the, in that five year time, she's traveled the world. There's like these video excerpts of, well, she, you know, she started training um, and she started doing underground fights and um, she got like this military training or guns. Now, one thing I think I would have been nice if they did is at least say that, yeah, she was in the military at one point, but then she left and became this because uh, when we first meet her, she's with her daughter and she's like a um, bank supervisor or something. So it would have been nice if they just kind of, you know, just slipped that said, yeah, yeah, she was. Was you know in the military for a couple years before she met her husband and stuff, but then she you know got out became this more suburban housewife and then what have you. But other than that though, I thought it was really good. They do a good job with the um, gunplay and action, and she's like not somebody, and she gets hurt. Like there's like several moments where um, she sees a kid and it kind of distracts her, and she does get shot and hurt. And I thought it was a really Well done movie. Again, Peppermint is just a punisher just with a woman. And I thought it was really great. And if you ever have a chance, definitely go see that one. Um, Another one is house with a clock in its walls. This one is a fantasy film that has Jack black as this kind of warlock who uh, takes in her, his sister's uh, son who, or his nephew, I should say, with, uh, whose sister recently passed away and, uh, the nephew's going to live with her and live with him. And then he's also got Kate Blanchett, who's another magic user, who's extremely small and has a little bit of a pass of her own that they kind of hint to, but it was a, it was kind of like a heartwarming, just kind of fun magic movie. And in my opinion, kind of take, it kind of, you know, has that, um, Magical, like Harry Potter feel of like just the mystery and wonder of magic and um, done kind of, done pretty cool with the kid just who's you know, uh, learning this new place and um, kind of his new role and he starts to learn magic too so um, House of the Clock in the Wall is really fun um, another one we'll talk about is Overlord now Overlord was hilarious because uh, I have a friend at work who was psyched about this movie like the minute the trailers coming out he was pumped and when I first saw the trailers I was like oh it's very you know gory horror thing and not my thing because I was thinking it was like something like um you know saw or Hostel or anything like that but he kept on saying no it's gonna be great it's gonna be great trust me it's gonna be great and we went to see it and boy I was wrong this movie is just fun it is it's basically just, it, it's, and it starts off with like, basically like a, um, just a, like a, war, an action war film. And it doesn't get into the weird um, kind of uh, sci fi ish zombie stuff until way later. And even that isn't as crazy as you would, as the trailers would make you think it is. Overlord is a great, is probably the best. Next to John Wick, it's probably the best video game movie that's not based off of a video game. I mean, it's kind of like, um, there's an old game called Wolfenstein, I think it would be the closest thing I can think of. But it is basically like a video game movie. I mean, it starts off it really starts off like a video game. Like the whole thing starts off video game. It even ends with almost, you could almost think of it as, uh, there's an ended boss. And then after that is a, is like a quick time escape event. It's hilarious. If you have a chance, go see overlord. It's crazy. It's fun. Like I said, if you like video games, this is a video game movie basically. Uh, next one I'm going to talk about is Widows, and Widows was a uh, drama starring um, Vi- Viola Davis, Michelle Rodriguez. Um, I'm going to look her up because I want to give her a due because she did a fen- – there's another actress who did a phenomenal job in this. Actually, two of them because there's a second one that kind of shows up later. And her story kind of, like, attaches to it. But I thought that it was done really well. So, Bile Davis, Michelle Rodriguez, Elizabeth Debicki. And this is the final one. Because, like I said, she kind of just shows up a little bit later. Why is she so far down here? She did way better than... Oh, my goodness. Come on now. I want to give her her due. Wow. I think it was Patrice McLean. No, 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 sorry. Uh, Cynthia Evi- uh, Avere sorry. Cynthia rivo Um she does a phenomenal job when she like kind of comes in. But anyway, um, it's basically about this uh uh, Valde- uh, Lisa Davis, Elizabeth Debicki, and um, Michelle Rodriguez are these widows of these criminals who died kind of in the middle of a job. And it's got um, an actor, I think thing we talked about earlier, uh, Brian Trey Henry, um, along with his uh, brother, uh, the character's brother, Daniel Kaluuya, who again, um, Daniel Kaluuya was using Black Panther again. Um, uh, but they, uh, go to these widows and like, Hey, your husband owed us like so much money. They're dead. So now you owe it to us. And they have to, uh, take up the job basically and kind of continue that job and make that money or, you know, get the money so that they won't kill them. Um, it's got a lot of different, um, actors show up. You got Colin Farrell's in it. Robert Duvall shows up a little bit on it. Um... We've also got Liam Nielsen, uh, John Berthall. very brief cameo in that one, but um, pr- a really good cast. Uh, it's got a lot of really tense moments, little quiet moments. Uh, I thought the ending wasn't that great. There's something about the ending I thought was, eh, not too bad. I may have to watch it again. Um, like I said, it, wasn't, it was a pretty good movie. Just That ending just didn't sit right, at least with me. Maybe it was just uh, the audience I was watching with. I uh, couldn't get into as much, but, um, it was a really cool movie. I really liked it. Um, it very, like I said, there's a lot of drama. There's some tense moments. There's some awkward moments where you're supposed to feel kind of awkward for these ladies and the situation they're in, but it was really cool. Um, another one that I don't think did great, uh, cause I think it was overshadowed a little bit by, um, Ralph breaks the internet was Creed Two. And Creed 2 was an awesome follow-up to the original Creed that, um, and this stars, of course, Michael B. Jordan, and also has uh, Sylvester Stallone as Rocky, and, um, Tessa Thompson, of course, but one of the real standouts in Creed is they brought back Dolph Lundgren as Khal Drago, and his son, Um, Ivan Drago, who is the new um, kind of opponent for Creed, and this movie does a really good job with not only progressing the Creed character, uh, but also giving Creed a kind of different um, opponent's that pretty much is like the Rocky character because after Creed, he becomes kind of a celebrity. He kind of becomes his father in a sense. Not not the showboating part of it, but at least the uh, celebrity status of uh, Creed. He actually starts getting that. And then you've got Ivan Drago who almost replaces the Rocky role in a sense because he is this kind of um, kid who's kind of brought up in this, um, you know, uh low rent Russian uh, town, and he um, his his uh, family has been, in a sense, like um, blackballed or dishonored or blacklisted because of. Ivan's initial defeat in Rocky 4 it trickled down to his family and he's trying to build that up and he's trying to kind of um, you know build that up to honor his father but at the same time you know he's pleasing these people that um, that just threw him out you know the minute they just dis- that, that they that they didn't care for him. So it's a really impressive story and I really liked it. Uh, and I recommend Kree 2 um, the last two I want to really quick run on on because we're getting to 50 minutes and um, I know it's going to time out on me soon but um, the next last one is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Great movie. Just came out recently. I'm not going to give too much away on it. But it's great action. It's a great Spider-Man movie. It takes you a different Spider-Man. It, not only does it give you a different Spider-Man in Miles Morales. But it also gives you several different spider man And you got two different Peter Parkers that you haven't seen in the movies. You've got Gwen Stacy as Spider Gwen or Ghost Spider, whoever knows what they're going to start calling her, and um, and several other different um, Spider characters that show up in the film, as well as after the film, there's a quick cameo of a final Spider uh, character who hopefully will show up in, if they do future movies. So if you have a chance, uh, it's still kind of in theaters, but um, definitely go see uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I think I talked about it before. Highly, uh, highly recommend it. And the very last one I want to talk about, and I'm glad because it ended the year on a great note, was Bumblebee. Now, again, Bumblebee. It's made you know pretty good money. It's definitely made its money back and a little bit of a profit. But it should have done so much better. It was an amazing movie. And I know a lot of people are you know talking about oh Aquaman because it made a billion dollars and stuff. For me, Bumblebee takes Aquaman hands down only because I have that nostalgia with Transformers and it gives it to you. And it uses just a basic story. It doesn't try to make it overly complicated. It doesn't try to like, give you, like, a thousand Transformers and a hundred different human characters to follow. No, it's really basic. It's quick. You got Bumblebee. You got um, Haley Steinfeld as Charlie. She's, you know, just turned 18, but she's trying to get over her um, father's death that happened pretty recently for her. And she's just trying to basically try to incorporate herself in her family's life and you got bumblebee who just got to earth and um he's trying to keep it a secret for the other transformers to come in and the decepticons are hot on his trail and they don't have like a lot of decepticons you meet only majorly you meet only three of them and they play certain roles and they're done really well um I can't say enough about Bumblebee, but it's still, I think, in theaters. So, hey, if you have a chance, definitely catch it. You will definitely enjoy it. So, want to bring this episode or this entry to an end. Like I said, this is just movie entries I didn't really have time to go into like I said there were big blockbusters that came out last year um, as well as there was a handful of TV shows and TV movies um, and maybe sometime I might try to get those but those are just my um, recommendations on some of the movies that came out that may have um, slipped your radar if you can think of any other movies by all means you know send me a message again uh, Find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Um, send a message through um, Anchor or Apple, and let me know of some movies that are forgotten treasures for you that a lot of people may may have overlooked and, you know, you want to give it a shout. But again, uh, thank you all. Hope you have a great week. Hope you have a good weekend, and I'll see you next week. Peace.